This one, we're just going to be clean driving all the way back. Smooth sailing through the ether. Are you in here, Chase? You in the car? I am here, and I am awake. Remember, as always, buckle up, Chase. Safety first. Buckled, ready to go. Cool. All right. Well, I feel like people might not believe that we're actually driving home right now from the movie theater. So let's like, hold on. Let me just touch some things here. Is this, you know, here's me turning on the light above us. You know, I'm locking the doors. Let me unbuckle and rebuckle. See, if we were recording at home or something, would you have been able to hear all this stuff from the car? No. Right? So we're in a car. This is Concession Impressions. We just watched the movie Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And we're going to be driving home and talking about it and giving our immediate impressions. Our concession impressions, that is. So uh, without further ado, let's start the car. Sorry, I turn off my music. Uh, well, let's get on the road. Let's get on the freeway here, and um, let's get into a nice cruising altitude. And uh, let's talk about the film. What do you think? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be the third film of the Guardian of the Galaxy movies, hence the naming Guardian of the Galaxy Volume 3. I totally forgot to introduce ourselves. I'm Michelangelo, and I'm joined in the car today, as always, with my uh, trusty movie companion, Chase. Howdy. Nice nice to have you back again. <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, so this is the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the end of the trilogy for the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. It is the new Marvel film that is directed by James Gunn. It is going to be his last film for the Marvel franchise because he has now moved on to DC and will be making all the DC films. So interesting to see uh, how he, uh, you know, left things off. So Chase, let's kick it off with you. What do you uh, think about this film? Your immediate reactions? Uh, what do you think? What's What do you feel? How are you feeling, Guardians? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's a largely fun time. I, I think there are there's a lot to like and then there's also a lot that is kind of just whelming. It's not underwhelming. It's not overwhelming. It's you say it just it's whelming. Just whelming. Nice. Yes. I like that. All right. Just whelming. I'm gonna start using that. People use that, or they just make that up. I think it is a thing. It is a term. Oh, okay. This is the first time I'm hearing that because I was like, okay, that makes sense. All right, because I guess that makes sense. Like overwhelming, underwhelming. There should be just whelming. You know what? There is extra large. There is extra small. But there's no extra medium. No, but I do no extra medium. But I do agree with you. It was like a weird mix for me. That's what I felt too. It felt like it had a, a mix of amazing and terrible for me. Even though you said it's just whelming for you, for me it was like amazing and terrible. Specifically for me was some of the scenes were very fun and very cool. And some felt like clunky scenes that were just tacked on to push forward the story in some clunky way. For instance, one of the examples that I have that comes to mind first is the, near the end of the film when they're fighting in the hallway when they reach the um, the evil guy's ship. That, that, that was one of the biggest missteps is <clears throat> I believe we have been introduced to this guy before 
but I do not remember him at all. I don't know why he's supposed to be this scary, other than, like, he has, like, gravity powers for some reason. Yeah, I mean, they don't really explain him too well, and he's just, like, whatever. He's not even super menacing, because, like, his powers were kind of confusing with it. Like, sometimes he can just destroy everyone in a room, and then sometimes he's just, like gets beat up by the team in like five seconds and nothing really happens but yeah the main thing i was going to say was going back to that that fight there's a scene in when they go to his name was the high evolutionary so anyways the high evolutionary when they go to his his like base there's that scene where they go into the hallway and there's like that one one shot scene fight scene which is one shot i'm using with air quotes people at home can't see me and i should probably put my hands back on the steering wheel because i'm swerving all over the place but it was a cool really cool fight scene but I feel like right afterwards, it's like them running away. And then immediately it's like Chris Pratt says like, we got to get to the the thing because if we don't do this, then we this, this doesn't happen. And if we don't do that, then this will happen. It's just like he explains in like eight sentences of dialogue why they're there, what they need to do. And then the scene ends and it goes into an, the next scene. And it just was felt very like this whole scene was just them dumping dialogue on us and just like this exposition to push the story forward until they can get to another really cool fight scene or something like that yeah i mean this whole movie is just is just about those fight scenes i think the fight scenes and the body horror i wouldn't say that actually though i I, because i i did really enjoy rocket's storyline like that whole part i feel like was written so well i loved every single flashback scene i loved every scene with with rocket in this film he like felt like such a cool character in this i loved his story and like his character arc and like him as a character in this film however i feel like every other scene really besides the rocket scenes just felt a little bit lacking in comparison i I agree with you that the rocket scenes were the strongest scenes in the movie it's about a third of the movie i think whereas the rest of the movie the rest of these characters none of them have any reason to be there they're all all of their storylines are pretty much wrapped up and they go out of their way to create new conflict so that they have something to do so they're not boring they create like a kind of weird love triangle between dar lord nebula and gamora gamora which that was obviously not going anywhere and they don't really do a good job of setting it up and the storyline between Star-Lord and Gamora already wrapped up and we already know that this is like a different universe version of Gamora. She's not the Gamora that had a relationship and so, you know, they can't expect that to carry forward. You know, like that that was the whole subject of the last movie and that's already like, that's been done and it's tread treaded water. I, I feel like a lot of the characters' movies kind of for the most part were just kind of like standing around or not doing much. I, even like Adam Warlock's character, they fight him once at the beginning and then he comes in and then he just like comes into a room, falls down, it cuts to another scene, he enters another scene, falls down and like, passes out and then just it goes to another scene and he's like doesn't really do anything until the very end when he saves peter quill spoiler and at the really beginning when he sets up the conflict by almost killing rocket like besides that the rest of the movie he's just like fumbling around and passing out half the time which it just felt like such a weird and like even though that's like a very clear he didn't do anything but all the other characters drax or mantis like a lot of these other characters were just like making jokes and not really doing much in the film so they were also kind of more or less doing the same had the same amount of involvement as adam warlock did which didn't really say much i think 
I, I will say that I think Chris Pratt's character, Peter Quill, did have somewhat of a story arc in this film. It was I, I mostly maybe, Rocket was the main character in this film, and it he, was about him. He was the true, yeah. the true main character of the Guardians of the Galaxy the whole time. Right. I mean, yet yeah, Rocket definitely had the the most character anything in this movie. I, I think you could make a case that Peter Quill had some character, like kind of he was wrestling with the whole time whether he's going to go back home to Earth and see his grandfather. You, they don't even resolve that in the movie. I mean, I guess they kind of do. They resolve it in the post credit scene. I don't know. I, I just, I think Chris Pratt felt like he was phoning it in. He was only there for like a few scenes just to shoot some bad guys and then he'd had his like bickering moments with Gamora and Nebula and the rest. Groot had literally nothing to do. He was just a helpful plot device because he's his powers are so powerful and so that's helpful from like a, a standpoint of its of breaking in this like ultimate bad guy character. I don't know. I just think I think this whole movie, like I honestly think it would have been better if they had decided they were going to just focus on Rocket and made it all about Rocket. And then the team could have been just distracted in the background and then they have to come and help Rocket at the end. Like that could have been more interesting. And then we kind of go on this personal journey with Rocket where he's like revisiting his past and learning to kind of let go, especially because his past is so horrifying, <laughs> which that that I think they did do a really good job of. Like if you're a fan of body horror at all, this movie is probably going to be very satisfying for you. Yeah, like, there's a lot of like weird creatures and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of, I guess, the high evolutionary shtick is that he's just always doing like genetic modification of different species he's like i guess his his goal as a character is to try and create the perfect higher order species which doesn't really make sense within this the context of marvel because like literally we see at one point he he talks about how they're inside of the skull of a god so okay so back up so the raiders uh have created this like safety planet which is housed inside of a, a galactic god, a skull of a galactic god, and they like fly it around like a ship. So like if you imagine a skull the size of like a small moon or something, that's what they're flying around in. That's no uh, moon, that's the skull of a celestial giant. Yeah. So like evolutionary guy isn't trying to create like that. His motivations are so weird and particular. He's just trying to create like the perfect society. But he, like, at no point clarifies what that is, or, and at no point is there any real, like, discussion about that. There's nothing intellectual happening in this movie. I well, I, I kind of like that, though, because, like, he's not Thanos. He's not some, like, oh, I'm going to destroy all the universe. I'm going to destroy all this. He's just, like, and I think Rocket says it at one point in the movie where he says, like, he's not trying to create a perfect world. He just doesn't like this world that we live in or something like that. So he's just kind of, like, taking it out on these people and insects and, not insects, these, like, different animals and, like, kind of more or less tormenting them because he doesn't like this world. Which is, like, I do, I really like that it's more down to earth. And I think that's the one thing I really appreciate about this film is that it's a Guardians of the Galaxy film. It's not the Avengers 4. It's not, like, some multiverse movie where it's setting up the next villain. It's setting up a next Avengers film. It's doing this or doing that. It's, like, solely a Guardians of the Galaxy film with its own little sure his intentions are weird and unclear and they don't really explain it but at least he's like clearly a guardians of the galaxy 
villain. Like he mainly is like tied to the main character's past or one of the main characters pretty much is Rocket's past and how like it's changed him and it's kind of like more Rocket coming to terms and, and facing that fear of this thing that pretty much killed all his friends as when he was a kid. And I think I do like that. And you know, like it felt refreshing for a Marvel film. I can't remember the last Marvel film that wasn't setting up something else or trying to connect to the larger universe of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it, it was nice to see to see this, you know, in my opinion. I mean, I, I, I sort of agree with you, but I, I wanted it to be that, like a focused story, but I wanted it to also have kind of a, a thoughtful discussion about the subject matter and I felt like it was lacking that second part we have sort of a, a subtextual discussion about why the high evolutionary is failing over and over again to make the perfect society and it's because he himself is missing like one specific thing to make that perfect society and like I feel like it's sort of already baked in like you could like they could have easily done something like talked about hierarchy because like that's kind of the whole thing is that like he's trying to make this perfect society but still he's at the top of it at the as a god of the society and so as soon as you have that sort of anti-equality thing you immediately have hierarchy and you have people striving for being better than other people and that inevitably leads to war famine whatever and then you know but, but we never get that kind of discussion what we get is Oh, it's just he's he doesn't he's not smart enough to create the perfect being. And so he's in search of the one being that he did create that did outsmart him, which is Rocket. Which was also like I, I never really like clicked in my head that Rocket is like a super genius. Like I know he was always like crafty in the past movies, but he was not he was never like solving like really complicated He kinda was. was he was he? Like, like hacking okay. security systems and like making new weapons and things like that they maybe they said it didn't set it up where he's like you know bruce banner and and like highest intellectual being in the universe kind of maybe they didn't set it up that far but they did definitely show that he was like definitely really smart but they kind of maybe also have been setting up that he's like exclude like doesn't want to share much about his past and his true feelings and his true self so maybe he just was hiding it i don't know like it but yeah i do agree with you that there was like an extent of that was just like oh i didn't know he was that smart right i mean they do they have this scene in the movie where they're they're setting up that he just like weeks after he had this whatever surgery they did to make him hyper intelligent is able to diagnose what's wrong with some new machine and he does some stupid line about some kind of telekinetic converter or something and it's all meaningless jargon but that solves the problem and of course the high evolutionary is pissed off because he didn't think of it <laughs> and i don't know it just the whole thing like that didn't feel like totally consistent with what we later get of rocket which is rocket is a really amazing pilot a weapons expert and is good at engineering that's true. I uh, that I I do I do agree with you there. I don't know. I, I I guess it's not the biggest thing. That's certainly not the biggest like flaw with this movie. I actually really enjoy Rocket throughout this movie. I think the biggest flaw is just that the movie isn't enough about Rocket. Actually, I think another thing I really liked about it is that it took a a step away. I think from Marvel's traditional film where it had like more 
sad parts. It had the first F-bomb in any Marvel film. So lame, by the way. Still, it took a lot of turns that I think is new to Marvel films. I think also it was interesting at the end, spoiler again, just letting you guys know, a lot of these characters retire and they are even the actors themselves said they're not going to come back and play them anymore. And I was thinking, okay, so this is going to be a movie where a lot of people are going to die at the end. And I was surprised that no one really dies at the end of this movie. The High Evolutionary, you don't see him dying. They, they let him live. None of the main cast die or any of the new characters they bring in die other than like Adam Warlock's mom who dies like halfway into the movie. But besides that, like none of the main characters die in this film. And instead of killing them off, they just retire them and say, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm giving up doing this and I'm going to go do my own thing. And I thought it was interesting because like most of the other characters, when they retire or retire, they die. You know, like you have uh, Black Widow, dead, Iron Man, dead, Captain America, you know, maybe he's dead, maybe not. I don't know. But he's like an old man. He's not going to be able to do anything again. Right. But like Chris Pratt, he might return, I guess, possibly. But I mean, like Zoe said he was. They said Star-Lord will return at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I'm curious to what they mean, because it kind of felt weird, like the amazing Star-Lord, whatever, like his full name oh, so I maybe they'll like recast him maybe i'm not sure i thought and then like zoe saldana and dave batista both said that they're not going to play these characters anymore so they're out but i think it was nice and refreshing that they didn't result to just like killing off characters who won't be returning anymore like there's still like a feeling of like oh they're out in the world they're doing their own thing like stories character stories superhero character stories don't have to either end with the character dies or they just keep fighting until the the end of the days like you know these characters retire and i think that's like a nice different thing that marvel hasn't really done before for the movies um however i do think that like some of the same problems that other marvel films have they still do which is for instance i feel like every big marvel film has generic bad guy army who all like look the same and they just all swarm your good guys base or whatever you know like think avengers where they attack wakanda like the swarm of black goopy beast creatures and this one it's like the algamation of these different animal creatures that the high evolutionary makes and it's just like a swarm of like flies attacking you know this head unknown which is the name of the planet thing head thing i don't know i didn't like that i was like come on like it was doing really good until like keeping away from a lot of these big marvel kind of these like marvel tropes and then that one comes in i'm like oh man you guys are doing so good and not being super tropey this movie i I thought they did okay with that especially because this movie the underling characters actually turn on the high evolutionary at one point and so like i think you there was that wasn't as big of a problem for me actually i think interesting okay i do agree with you about the rest of marvel though having kind of like a faceless goon problem they, they didn't like fit really well either it's this some of the some of the art direction in this movie I, I didn't think like fit that well with each other but then some of it i really thought was really fun and inspired like i really liked the inside of the ship that the, the grand like, evolution meat, high, high the evolutionary meat, has oh, the cube yeah. one or the meat the meat ship so the cube one the planet that's like a a planet made of like cells that was cool too all of them like i really i I really liked that i thought those were really interesting very unique designs for a space based society and i liked kind of the the fact that they went so far to take all of these like 
like that this guy's technology is based on biology and biological evolution so his technology is going to all kind of have a biological basis like literally from the cellular level on up i thought that was all really cool and interesting and like really great art direction and even like moments where i thought like oh this is like kind of like interesting alice in wonderland kind of effect or or even like a charlie and the chocolate factory kind of effect where you're like immersed into this really unique specific society that's based around this very specific ideal and so all of that i really appreciated i think james gunn is really great at making a visually interesting story he's really really good at crafting movie visuals I think where James Gunn is not so great, which actually worries me about him being basically the Kevin Feige of DC, is that he has a really juvenile understanding of of most issues, or, or maybe it's not his personal understanding of it so much as like what he's willing to discuss in the movies that he makes. They're all really like PG-13 level or lower, like from the comedy to the things he's willing to talk about. Yeah, and I think this movie specifically has that problem where there's a lot of jokes and things that just like, what? I feel like, am I 13? Like, who? Yeah. Who's laughing at this? Yeah, it's just, it's not like particularly outstandingly high intellectual content like that. I don't don't even know what to say. It it is a lot of like... True. Before you get too far, I wanted to say a few things to to respond to what you said. One, I... The one thing I didn't understand, though, is how the high evolutionary is making all, like, his perfect beings, right? But why does everything, like, look terrible? You know, like, why is it that putting wheels on a seal or whatever, that walrus thing, how is that the perfect being? Or why is adding a chainsaw to a pig and like spider legs make it perfect? I, like some of those choices are just like interesting, but in terms of the, the character, it doesn't make sense. So that's what I'll say about that. But I think after watching this, this movie, in my opinion, has been the best Marvel film in the last few years, which is not much to say because a lot of the ones recently have been not that good. I think the closest one in comparison has been the Black Panther film, Wakanda Forever that came out recently but besides that i feel like this is a decent marvel film not notice i didn't say decent film decent marvel film without further ado i guess shall we just give our concession impressions then all right you go first chase i have it as a really nice hot dog like it's it's almost satisfying like i think if the movie was just Rocket Raccoon's story, you know, maybe made the movie like an hour and a half instead of the two and a half hours I think it was, and we added a few more scenes of Rocket's backstory, it would have been like a one-of-a-kind knockout movie, but that's not what we got. The movie as it is, is it's just a, a nice hot dog. I'm giving it popcorn. I think it's like a good popcorn. Like, it's a decent popcorn. It's not stale popcorn. It's not old popcorn. It's not popcorn you found in the trash and you don't want to buy new popcorn. So you just took it out of the trash, took it to the movie theater, and just brushed off the dirt or moved over the hairs and just ate the rest of the popcorn. Not that popcorn. It's actually like you paid for that popcorn popcorn. And you added some butter to it, too, you know? Maybe it's not the best because it's just, you know, movie theater popcorn. But it got the job done. It was a nice movie that had a like it, it had a little bit of a journey you know it had a roller coaster i think the opening scene was just really cool i think a lot of the scenes that had like music tied into it were really cool and i think it was like it didn't compel me didn't like make me think a lot of different things after the movie i left the movie theater just like okay i just watched this marvel film but it 
was like a nice unplug and just unwind in a way. But then again, there was some deeper moments where you kind of get a little teary-eyed and kind of sad about this smart raccoon. Like the scene where, where, where Rocky realizes he really is a raccoon and he like you know accepts it and he saves all those little baby raccoons and like just a sweet there's like little sweet moments like that too that even though a lot of the story doesn't make sense it's a lot of the dialogue is clunky you know i think in the end of the day it was mildly satisfying and i think that's where popcorn is for me so that's my rate ranking i'm on the fence with it like i really think like if we had a fifth category of in between hot dog and in between popcorn it would be that for me but i think it's still slightly more hot dog than popcorn uh we've arrived at your apartment here and i'm just idling here not going anywhere so well we, well before we end i do have one last thing to say okay sure like, what's your last thing i guess i guess the the thing at the core of it is that i don't know what any of these characters are supposed to be emblematic of all of the shenanigans and all of the tomfoolery and the jokes that they're having uh, with each other add up to just not very much because who, like what about humanity is this otter with mechanical arms that is disturbing the hell out of me saying what, like, what is it saying about humanity? <laughs> what, yeah. what does this character's outlook on life represent? True. I, I just, I don't know. And I don't know. I don't know what James Gunn is trying to say about it either. And that's really where I'm left a little cold. Well, otter, are you going to do about it? I don't know. Okay. That was <laughs> just, an otter trying to do an otter pun. I know. Just just be be afraid. Well goodbye. Anyways. <laughs> Bye. If I if I see you again. Alright. I yeah. survive. Ho- hopefully. Hopefully.